Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Align Freedom Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest interview that I am sharing with you. I am talking to Laura Lange. She is a lawyer turned yogi, and today we are talking all about her journey to self-discovery and really asking herself this really important question, that is, who am I? What Laura discovered was that she had spent her entire life racing down this path to become a lawyer and done, had done everything correctly in her life until an unforeseen event in her life stopped her in her tracks. It was the catalyst that made her change her ways when she could no longer operate the way she used to. And that's when she started to ask herself, wait, who am I? What is important to me? What do I want in my life? So if you are someone who has been contemplating these questions and you're not quite sure if your career is actually aligned with the person who you have become, then this is the conversation for you. Laura and I dive deep into her story and talk about all of the parallels between her journey and mine, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So here is my conversation with Laura. I'm Navneet Man, lawyer turned online entrepreneur. I help unfulfilled professionals start an online business that makes an impact so they can finally leave their draining careers and have ultimate freedom, control, and fulfillment in their lives. Using the power of self-discovery, subconscious science, and business strategy, I will help you transition out of your unfulfilling career and into a freedom-based business that you love. This is the Aligned Freedom Podcast. Hello, Laura, and welcome to the Align Freedom Podcast. How are you? Hello, and thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great today, even though it is very dark and snowy outside here in Copenhagen, Denmark. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, I guess while we're recording this episode, it is December and we're getting ready for the holidays. Everyone is seeing snow everywhere. So I'm really glad that you were able to make the time to talk to me. I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, and we've had a chance to connect before and discovered that we kind of have a very similar path and journey in so many ways. So I can't wait to dive into yours. Um, and why don't we just actually start there right now? Why don't we jump into a little bit of context on who you are and what what you do right now. And then I want to go more into your business in a minute, but tell me a little bit about kind of your journey. You're a lawyer as well. Um, tell me how that came to be and the journey you followed in your career in law. Yeah, sure. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm just honored to get to talk to you. And, and as you said, we've been connecting and and I've just been so surprised to see that there are other lawyers out there who, who also <laughs> like to do other things than, than law. So it's just great. Um, but so to answer your first question right now, um, I work as an in-house legal counsel for a big um, UK uh, British company. It's um, yeah, big international. And I'm in the legal team for the Northern European region um, covering five different countries here in Scandinavia and, and Northern Europe. So that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, it and, is. <laughs> and on the side, I, I teach yoga and I've started this online yoga business. But then um, if we go all the way back to um, where it all started, um, it started with Laura being 
probably like 17 or 18 years old just I just loved reading books like fictional books and I was all about um in high school uh, I guess you guys call it college over there on the other side interpreting and analyzing what fictional books were all about <laughs> and so obviously I had Danish courses because I'm from Denmark and then English, but reading that literature and trying to understand the deeper meaning behind it, even when I was younger, I think I was 13 years old, I started reading books about philosophy <laughs> and I guess wow, I was a little wow. geek, um, but it was great. I was just so interested to sort of understand this question of who am I? Mm. Um and then I figured when I was about to sort of decide what kind of education I wanted to pursue, that um, it might be that I have a great interest in literature, but I just kind of told myself there was no way that I was ever going to be able to make money from that. Um, so I started to look around and be like, where else can I read a ton of books and analyze and interpret? And my mom was like, why don't you try law? <laughs> um, so I guess I'm a little bit of an accidental lawyer <laughs> because I just rushed into law school. In Denmark, you do five years. So undergrad is three years of law school and then two years master also law school. So five years of law in, in total. Okay. Um, and that was great. Like I, I really enjoyed the the studying of law. Um, I liked the books, and well, in the beginning, it was difficult for me. I didn't really understand the method. I didn't understand what they what they wanted me to do or how they wanted me to think. But someone like three years in, or like after two years, so my third year. It was like something clicked in my brain and I started to finally understand what it was they wanted me to do. Um, and then it, it kind of went off from there. Um, wow. I was this typical straight A student. I was used to getting, getting really good grades in school. And then I just expected coming into law school that I would get the same good grades. I, I guess that's a classical history for a lot of girls, at least coming into law. Um, that didn't really happen. So it kind of kicked my confidence out of uh, <laughs> out of order. Um, but yeah, after those couple of years of just getting into the studies, um, everything got better. And I started applying for these um, jobs. So in Denmark, it's also quite normal that you work part-time in some kind of legal position quite early on in your career. And it can also become kind of like a competition um, with your peers, mm -hmm. like who gets the, the fancy student job with that law firm or that law firm or that big company. And I landed um, in my third semester. I think I was 19 years old. I started working for a legal compliance team in the biggest company in Denmark. Uh, this uh, oil um, drilling rig and uh, shipping company. Um, so I <laughs> I started right off and came into it and not really understanding what it was all about. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that that is... was the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the beginning, of course. Yeah. There's so much to unpack here. First of all, thank you for just sharing your journey. And I think that's going to resonate with so many people is that especially starting off when you're younger, being really interested in something like reading and literature and analysis, and then, you know, taking that and saying, okay, well, what can I do as a career and falling into law? You have no idea how many lawyers have told me that they kind of fell into law. It was an accidental career because it makes, you know, intellectual sense, logical sense from so many different levels to become a lawyer until you really get into it and realize that it's 
it's mm. pr probably quite different than literature and all of these things. Um, I want to touch on something that you said kind of early on in the in your story when you were sharing about being reading a lot, being really interested in fictional books and philosophy and how this question started to come to you. And you said, who am I? I started to mm -hmm. question, who am I? Tell me a little bit more about that and the process of going through and posing yourself this question. Yeah, like I... I can't really remember where it all started, but I picked this book up called um, Sophie's World um, by an author called Justin Garda. He's a Norwegian author, so it's a Norwegian book. And it's essentially about this girl who she, she travels through the world of philosophy. And I don't know where I got this book from, but I was reading it during a summer vacation. I remember sitting in my grandparents' um, vacation house and I was just like hiding <laughs> in my room because I was so um just um what do you call it like so into understanding what this whole world of philosophy was about so it started like with the ancient greek philosophers and how they saw the world and then it traveled all the way up to like modern day philosophy um and i guess it was like at that point i was probably yeah 13 14 years old where you start to become a little bit more aware of everything that's going on around you when i was younger i had um, friends in school and everything but then when I was 11 I changed into um, a private school and for some reason I just didn't really vibe within the other of the other children so I was very much on my own and I just found comfort in my own company and in books mm -hmm. so I think that I had so much space to to go inward and explore and then that question just came up of like who am I and it's still like one of the questions I ask myself the most today <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is since that time, have you circled back to that question? I'm sure you have. And we'll get into, you know, your journey with yoga um, and so many practices when it comes to yoga are about that question and really understanding who we are. So I would love to dive into what your answer to that question would be today. Yeah, that's so if you a great, had to pose yourself question. that question. Yeah. So what and what do you think? It's it's a scary question because it's like, well, who am I? But most of us when when we are asked that question is like, well, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> and then you can just throw off your profession like that. The label, um, right? The identity. That's the easy thing to do, which is what most of us do. Yeah. Um, but um Luckily, I've spent a lot of time on my yoga mat and in meditation and in yoga trainings, and I've read a lot of book, a lot of books around this subject. And my conclusion right now, it might change in the future, but for now, it's really that, you know, we all have that voice inside our inside our heads that is like telling you that you're not doing good enough, or like, oh, I also need to remember to go and pick up my car from renovation or <laughs> whatever it is. I need yeah. to shop milk. Um, and then there's that true self that observes the voice inside your head. And I just found that for me right now, the answer is who am I? I am the one observing everything that's going on inside my head. Beautiful. Yeah. 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 That, that really like hit me that I resonate with that so much. And uh, the reason I'm so fascinated by this question, and I wanted to ask it to you specifically is because I feel like you are the perfect 
um, merger of these two worlds of being this like analytical person, right? Not only are you a lawyer, but you love the analysis part of being a lawyer and you love reading and analyzing. But then you've got this, this sense of self that comes through your yoga meditation practice and quieting the mind in just completely different worlds and bring, being able to bring those two together. And I just think it's, it's beautiful. Um, and one of the questions that I think that we often do not ask ourselves is who am I? And I talk a lot about this on the podcast and my content is that when we choose our careers, we often do not choose them from a place of understanding what we want and who we really are. We're never really encouraged to do that, right? That's not something society has taught us. It's not, your parents will never say, well, Laura, let's figure out who you are first. And then, (laughs) you know, then we'll see what career is aligned with you. Nobody thinks like that. We're just told that these are certain career paths that will give us a lot of success and achievement and money and status. And that's oftentimes why people choose these careers. Um, But how powerful would it be if we were posing these questions? Um, You know, you were talking about it at at 13 and 14, which I wish I I wish I had that (laughs) insight and self-awareness at that age. I was probably running around playing basketball with the neighborhood kids. I don't know. But it's how powerful would the world be and how different would the world be if we were posing these types of questions at such early ages and really starting to understand who we are as people? Because not only is it who am I as this identity, this person right now with my skill set, my characteristics, but like you said, we are actually that observer. We, you know, we are not the mind, we are not the body, we are the one watching. And to Mm. have that level of awareness, I think is just powerful it really helps create detachment from from this world and all of our experiences, right? Exactly. But it takes a lot of time to get there. When I first read about this and realized oh, there are two people inside my head, what's going on? Like it's a crazy realization and maybe someone's listening to this and, and thinking, oh my God, I've never heard about this before. And if so, I'm, <laughs> I'm thrilled for you because it's a great moment when you start to experience that okay, I I don't need to be attached to or identify myself with that mean voice inside my head that is always Mm -hmm. telling me that I I can't do the things that I want to or I'm never doing good enough. Um, It's such a relief, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you touched on that for folks that haven't heard this concept or are not familiar with it. I first became familiar with this whole concept of of self and and the the two selves, so to speak, um, through Eckhart Tolle's work um, in A New Earth, where he he posed himself the question when he was going through actually very dark times and um, considering ending his life, and he said to himself, "I can't live with myself anymore." And then mm-hmm. that was his moment to assess those words and that phrase and say, "Wait, who am I? And who is myself? And why are there two? You know, and it's just, it's a fascinating journey, like you said, to be on. And right now I'm actually reading The Power of Now. And Me too. By <laughs> you are, Laura. It's on my, oh my goodness. It's next to my bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to read it every night. Yeah, I'm reading like a chapter a night. It's life-changing. I mean, I've done a lot of internal work and spiritual work, but maybe it's the juncture that now I'm reading this book at um, and where I am in my life, but I, it is absolutely phenomenal. So if anybody is Mm. looking to do this work and to understand 
who I am and pose yourself that question, then pick up yourself a copy of, of a power of now, at least that's my opinion. I I'd love to know how you <laughs> are finding the book yourself. Yeah, it's really, it's growing on me and I've had it for a while. I think I bought it two years ago when I, when I really dived into this, that was also during COVID lockdown and I had so much time on my own. And again, that was a great opportunity to just like go inward instead of traveling outwards because it couldn't go anywhere. And I got the book <laughs> literally and, <laughs> and I felt like, um, I opened it and I, I think I wasn't ready to understand the content. Um, so I came back to it this summer, actually. I'm not done reading it. And it, it took me a while. I had it with me uh, on a summer vacation to Greece this year. And I was sitting on the beach reading it every day. And my boyfriend was next to me like, what is the shit that you're reading? <laughs> because he's yeah. not spiritual <laughs> at all. And he's like, Laura, you're you're a little bit crazy sometimes. But <laughs> he, he loves me for it. Um, and and I still have it. Um, and I just, I think it's so interesting. He like the depth that he can go into. I don't, I don't know when, if ever that will happen to me that I'll, I'll be able to answer all these critical questions because the book is filled up and like, there's, it sounds like there's a critical audience asking questions and then he's replying all the time. And he's always like, stating it as if it's the most obvious thing in the world and you're like oh yes of course but how would I ever get to that conclusion he needs to put it out there in front of me to understand it absolutely I feel like it's a book that I'll come back to as well I'll probably I did that with a new earth I bought it and I wasn't ready for it and 10 years later I bought another copy of it and I looked at it I thought oh my goodness holy crap, I already have this book, but I wasn't ready to receive the message. I couldn't get into it. So it's really interesting that these things will come as, as you're ready for them. And, you know, kind of taking it back to, um, to your experience and my experience being lawyers and really not having a lot of exposure to spirituality through those types of careers, right? Like it's very logical. It's very, um, practical and it there's not a lot of room for um this gray area or the woo-woo world and a lot of people in these in these circles in fact are not into that and I remember I used to feel like I'm going to be judged if I'm bringing up these spiritual practices or anything like that but you not only were interested in spiritual practices you decided to go and explore that to the depths and and really immerse yourself in yoga so tell me a little bit about how that came to be for you, right? Like, how does a lawyer who's really into analyzing words and books all of a sudden ask, like, do I want to do more? How And what does that more look like? And then choose yoga. Tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we need we need a couple of details here to, to put it all together. So yeah. <laughs> When I when I started law school, I you know in law school you read so many books that you just don't have the bandwidth. At least I didn't to to read or keep up with these fictional and spiritual books outside of studying. And um, so I kind of took a break from it, and and it 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 made me drift completely away from that spiritual world. I, I didn't see myself as spiritual at that young an age, but I guess at some point I must have been. And um, so it was like I took a break from it. And that's fine. Like I was out drinking with my friends and being young, early 20s, doing what you're supposed to do at that age. Um, and then I got a concussion in 2019. And 
after all these years of studying and starting my first law job, I had become this really like, um, yeah, straight A student, but also the girl pursuing a career in big law. And I had the grades for it. I wanted to just push through and be the best of the best and work for all the top firms and top partners and everything. And it just, it felt so <laughs> misaligned for me. Uh, three months into the job, everything was like shaking inside of me. And I was like, something isn't right. But I had ignored my body for so long during law school that I didn't know what those signals meant. I could I could basically just shut my body off and push through for exams and cases at work. But then I got a concussion um, in the spring 2019, and it really forced me to slow down because I had also transitioned into a very like hardcore exercise practice or routine. So I was going to the gym every morning at six o'clock doing like hardcore high intensity stuff and strength-based training. Um, and mainly from a point of I don't like the the image that I see when I look myself in the mirror. I don't like my belly. I don't like what it looks like. I need to just train more and more and more so I can like myself. And obviously that strategy didn't work. But then I got that concussion and it really forced me to slow down. And um, my physiotherapist was like, Laura, you can't continue working out like this while you're in recovery. Uh, so he said, you can you can do the same exercises, you know, like bicep curls or bringing your arms up overhead, but you just can't use all the weights that you've been using before. And I was like, wow. well, that's not going to do anything for me. What's the point <laughs> is what you're thinking at that time, right? Yeah, but it did work. Um, and it was like... I always talk about the concussion as though something inside of my head was sort of like put back into its right place again, because it it felt like an awakening in a way that, okay, I, I could have lost everything that I knew, my memory or my ability to work in front of a screen. Um, so it just, again, gave me a period of time to just sit in stillness and notice that I was not very comfortable with sitting at home on my couch um, listening to audiobooks or podcasts. I didn't even know what podcasts or books I wanted to listen to because I didn't have any interests left. Everything was law. Everything was my legal career. I was like, I don't have a hobby. I don't have anything that interests me. Um, and then I came back to work and kept working, working, working. And then I got my first big um, court case that I had to deal with on my own. Actually, it wasn't a big court case. For me, it was a big court case. In like the legal world, it would be a tiny little court case no one cares about, but it freaked me out. I, I work with commercial contracts. I like to sit in my little cave at home and draft contracts and do that analytical work. I don't like to be confronted with a judge and an opposing counsel in a courtroom. It's not for me. I don't like it. Um, but I was kind of like forced into you have to handle it, this court case and I could not expect to get a lot of help because it wasn't a big case and it really freaked me out like it all the anxiety I already had in my body that I didn't know I had because I was so disconnected from my body it just got even worse and I figured okay I, I need to find some way to deal with it and and yoga really helped um, then, then the lockdown came and I had even more time at home to just sort of, I was just at home behind YouTube, sort of Googling things and, okay, how do you do a forearm stand? And what does this mean? A half moon and just, just playing with it really like expanding my home practice. And then I decided to go on a yoga retreat to explore a little bit more. And I met a teacher, two teachers there that have become my mentors. I, I kind of see them as like my extra set of parents because they 
I feel like in a way they brought me back to life and they brought me back to this question of who is Laura and <laughs> what's her mission here? What is she here to do? And I just had the most transformational yoga retreat for seven or eight days um, two days or two hours of yoga every morning and every evening and then yoga therapy during the day and just relaxing and walking in nature. And the last day, um, so the last practice I had in the morning that I had to fly back in the afternoon, I had this kind of like out of body experience where I just cried so much my whole body was shaking throughout the practice and then when I was lying in shavasana at the end so the guided relaxation I just couldn't stop crying I was crying and crying and crying and I had to go to the airport I was crying in the cab I was crying through security I was crying while I waited for my plane crying all the way home and cried for another six hours when I came wow. home it was like something had fallen into place in my body during that yoga retreat and I just knew like I need to I need to go back and explore what is this yoga all about because something's working. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If there was ever a sign, you know, like that is, that is it. So what do you think it was that was bringing all of this emotion up for you? Good question. Like I was, I was really miserable in my, in my job at the time I had one year left before I could pass the bar so in Denmark you have to work for three years before you you pass the bar I had one year left and I was like I I can't keep doing this I felt so bad so I had started to look for other jobs at that time and then while I was on that retreat um a company that I had interviewed with they called me and said that they had an in-house legal counsel position to offer me that I could start um in October and I was on that retreat end of August and it was like the first day of the retreat. And and <laughs> I remember my teachers, they were like, it's the divine, everything's falling into place. <laughs> uh, so then that. I could just really relax during the retreat and go home. And I came home on a Saturday and then on Monday I went into the law firm and I was like, I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> How powerful. Um, this is amazing the way everything unfolded and it, it really reminds me so much of my story as well like you know I'm sorry that you you had this concussion but it sounds like that was kind of the catalyst that put everything else in motion and it slowed you down um similarly I was having these like breathing issues and was having these anxiety attacks for lack of a better word mm -hmm. even though my doctor said that's not what he thought it was but he was started testing my heart and doing all of these things so I'm in the hospital during, you know, my lunch break. And that's what forced me to slow down. That's what forced me to understand that nothing is really worth this level of stress and it's not worth my yeah. health. And similarly, I was feeling also very, very unhappy in my, in my career at the time. Um, so it sounds like for you, it was that taking that moment to slow down and reconnect with yourself that, that started to show you what was out there for you. So when was it that you decided that, you know, your passions, your purpose, and this interest lies in yoga. And that's what you wanted to explore as a business. Because I know at this point, now you've got this job that feels really good that you're happy with, because it's not you're not in that law firm anymore. But there was still sounds like there was a pull to something other than law as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, so after I'd quit my job, I had all of September off that year. And um, I just booked a, 
a flight ticket back to to Athens in Greece where I was on this retreat and I was like I'm going back I'm not done exploring <laughs> all these things that they have to offer me in the world of yoga so I was studying with the same teachers for another two three weeks and I see now that I've I probably did like an entire 200 hour yoga teacher training at the time, but that was not my focus at all. It was more like, because I had that breakdown on the last day of the retreat or like not breakdown, probably like breakthrough. I was, yeah. I was like, I need to go and explore what happened. What did that mean? So I was very much just investigating in my own body. And I was with my teachers studying the chakra system. So the energy center is in the body, the anatomy, the, the philosophy, reading the, again, coming back to the literature and, and the philosophy, understanding what is it that, how does the world of yoga explain how, how we all function and how the world and the universe um, exists. And then I, I came back home. And I started my new job, but I, I kept diving into the literature and my own yoga practice next to it. So that's when I really started to see, oh, there's a way here because I loved my new in-house legal counsel job. It was like everything that I had ever wanted in law school to get one of those in-house positions. But at the same time, I had a very good work-life balance. I could work these 37 hours a week and I would have time for my yoga practice in the morning and in the afternoon if I wanted to or or I could take a break during the day, go for a walk in the park or meditate. I could work from home. It was like this, you know, the perfect lawyer life, basically. I think something that a lot of us would aspire to. Um, and then I, I took a, a full year where I was just exploring what it's like to use your yoga practice as a tool to become a better lawyer. And I saw it playing out and it was it was great. And I, I really found my balance again. And I, I found that confidence and I know what I'm talking about. I'm becoming a good lawyer and I can take care of myself at the same time. Then unfortunately, only 10 months into that job, um, it was a biopharmaceutical company and we had a drug that was supposed to be approved with the FDA in the US to be sold on the market. We didn't get the approval um, and it was a very big surprise. So after those 10 months, I was fired alongside most of my colleagues. We were 150 employees in, in Denmark, Switzerland and the US. And I was sitting there in my bed the morning when the, the email came in from the CEO. I was like, what's going on? I just found my balance. I just found the perfect job where I could be the, the perfect lawyer I had always wanted to be. And now the universe is kicking me out of balance one more time. But there was a very big difference this time that it, it it wasn't difficult for me. Of course, I was sad because I would lose my colleagues. I would lose this whole everyday life that I had spent 10 months creating for myself. But I knew immediately how to go out and look for a new job. I knew what I wanted from a new job. And it only took me seven days until I had an employment contract with my current employer. Um, so I was like, I was being hit by this massive crisis again, because for a lot of people, losing your job is a massive crisis, but I wasn't kicked out of place. I, I, I could stay in my balance. And I, I very much say that that was due to my strong yoga practice. That That's how I see it. Yeah. Wow. And you know, the, it sounds like that year of all the way from the first time you went on that yoga retreat to spending that month in Athens and then spending the year kind of, like you said, becoming a better lawyer through your practice. 
it sounds like it really gave you focus and you understood what was aligned with you before yeah. it was just about getting into that bigger role and that big law firm getting straight A's and all of that stuff. But at some point you went inward and really did answer that question of who am I and what you wanted. And it sounds like there was this, just this unparalleled like alignment for you that you knew that this is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm not going to settle for anything less. Thus you landed in this job seven days later. There's no, that's no coincidence, right? That's no mistake Mm. that you found something that is completely aligned with you within such a short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. I like when I think back on it, the, the timing was so crazy because it's the job that I have now and it's, it's everything. It's almost better than the job I had for the biopharmaceutical company, because obviously working for a startup that doesn't earn any money, it doesn't give you a lot of security. Now I work for a big international um, group uh, of companies and it's just different. And the the tasks are more specific to, to what I've specialized in within the legal field. So it was like everything just fall, um, fell into place. Um, and then bef- again, I had that gap of a couple of months before I had to start my new job. And then I went back to Greece one more time, <laughs> third <Of> time. <laughs> and, and I did the full uh, 200 hour yoga teacher training with the purpose of learning how to teach and go back to Copenhagen and start teaching other people the practice of yoga because I had felt it on my own body how how powerful it was and still is. Yeah, tell me um, about that. So how has, actually, before we get there, tell me what your thoughts on purpose are. Like, what do you believe is dharma or purpose in your words? Oh, that's a tricky question (laughs) because it can change so much over time. I recently found out that I'm a manifesting generator in human design. Me too! (laughs) Really? (laughs) I had a a friend of mine do like a a little reading for me and she was like, Laura, manifesting generators, they are, they change their purpose all the time. It's it's not weird that you're a lawyer one day and then the next day you're like, oh, now I want to like fly off and be a yoga teacher and you can just like ditch those 10 years of education. Um, so um, it's difficult to talk about purpose, but I, I still feel like I found it in a way. And it's, I used to have this very like old-fashioned way of defining success and what I wanted to do with my life where I wanted to go that it was just like climbing that corporate ladder and now after I've had these experiences I'm just like no way no way that's gonna (laughs) it's it's not the answer I really just want to have a life where I feel good in my body and I wake up in the morning and I'm I'm happy I have a smile on my face and I look over at my boyfriend and I'm like, today is going to be a good day. Um, <laughs> if if I could wake up like that every day and that's what I aspire to and I, I really practice doing, then that would be enough for me. Um, I'm Now I'm building this business on the side and I'm very mindful at the moment to not just be like, oh, well, then I can be happy once this business is up and running Mm -hmm. because I already have the dream life that I imagined 10 years ago. If I could just have the apartment I live in now, the job I have now, the boyfriend I have now, everything, it looks perfect on the outside, right? But still there are mornings when I wake up and I'm like, 
I'm just not satisfied. I want that business to thrive. Mm. And and I really have to catch myself and be like, nope, that's not the attitude we're going to walk into the day with because it's not going to get me anywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I mean, the reason I asked that question previously about the purpose is because it you were talking about how you were able to bring in this, learn the, you know, do the 200 hour training and learn the principles of yoga and bring that in to help other people. And I think it's a beautiful thing when somebody comes into alignment with that deeper sense of purpose, whether you're a manifesting generator and your purpose is changing, you know, and that's the thing with manifesting generators. And I mean, we're not getting into human design in this episode, but <laughs> it is, um, it's fascinating if you want to look into it yourself, but it, it it's more just like having multiple um, passions and areas of interest, right? And you seem to mm. be that type of person who is multi-passionate and really the power that comes into like the self-power, the personal power that comes into you being able to be in alignment and use that alignment and that deeper sense of purpose to help other people. Like, how does it yeah. feel for you to not only help your clients in law because you know, we all know that you're helping a lot of people through your legal practice, but how does it feel to use something that was once used as a tool to help yourself? And now it is a tool used for you to help other people, like when it comes to yoga and those spiritual practices, how does it feel to be in that position? It feels great. Like it's, and it's for me, it's not about money. It's not about success. It's just that I get this warm feeling in my entire body. If someone comes up to me after yoga class and says like, oh, I was so stressed out and I felt horrible about myself before the class. And now I'm just like, my tongue has never been more relaxed. A student told me just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm so happy I could help you relax your tongue more than ever. <laughs> like then it just, then I just go home from a, from that yoga class and I'm like, today what I did it it mattered and and that feels good and I think all lawyers really I hope most of us came into the profession because we wanted to be of service to other people and then when you're trapped in that whole corporate law <laughs> area and mm. um, you very uh, quickly discover that for other lawyers, not all lawyers, it's about being of service. It's also about money and it's also about status and strategy. But oh, <laughs> it, it just, for me, it feels like coming back to the whole reason that I wanted to become a lawyer, that I just, I just want to help. I just want to be of service. I don't care about the money. I just get so happy when I see someone have a smile on their face during a yoga practice or I, I go through a contract with them and they're like, thank you so much for explaining this to me, Laura. <laughs> I had yeah. no clue how to move forward. And I'm like, for me, it's the most simple thing in the world, but it also took me a long time to get there. And, and I just love to share that knowledge with other people and help them move forward. Oh, I could feel that. I can really feel your, <laughs> your drive to serve, to help other people. And I think I would like to believe that most lawyers also went into law to help other people. Um, I know I did. And what I found was also the bureaucracy and the lining the pockets of the law firms and more it being about that um, in my experiences. And of course, what I decided to do was eventually walk away. But still, that piece of service lives within me. And that's why I do the work I do now is because this is my way of helping other people. 
And, you know, Mm. you mentioned earlier, like if you're multi-passionate or multi-purpose driven and it's like wasting 10 years of your life in in a career or, you know, um, studies. But I really do believe that every um, every experience that we have in life um, just adds to our tool belt and we get to take all of that and decide today, like what is my at this juncture, what feels purposeful for me, what feels purpose driven for me, what feels aligned for me, and how can I utilize all of these experiences, um, good, bad, ugly, all of that, how can I utilize all of this to go and do something that feels meaningful to me? For some people, it may be um, being in service of others, I believe that we're all here somehow to be in service of each other and help society and humankind grow. But, you know, I just think it's such a beautiful way to really like, it's like a full circle moment for you. The the way you started law, went into all of these different, you know, life experiences, and then really came back and now are not only using your yoga practice to become a better lawyer, but you're also being able to use this modality to help other people grow in so many ways. And it's just beautiful to see that unfold. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, it it feels great. And I just, I just love doing it. I, and I can't stop myself. <laughs> think if you, <laughs> That's if you, you know it's right. <laughs> Even if you wanted to stop, you couldn't stop. No, it's like, it's constantly going up there. <laughs> um, and I think if you asked my friends, they'd be like, yeah, Laura, she's just always in her yellow yoga pants talking about yoga. But it's, it's so much more than that, right? It's, it's um, something I felt truly on my own body. And there have definitely been moments where I did not understand that that I would come out through on the other side and and feel good about myself and 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 be a confident lawyer um so it's just great to to show other people that that there's a path and and if we get into more of like the the whole business set of things like when I first started out with the online business I was like hmm I wonder how you sell yoga online. It's not very interesting to go to a Zoom class. And I had a a teacher tell me like, well, you need to find a niche. And I was like, what's that going to be? Like, I I just, I didn't get it. And it's only like six, seven months ago. And I was like, can I just like teach yoga to beginners? And and he was like, no, that's not a niche. Oh, okay. And like, I really didn't get it until like the end of the the sessions I had with him over over three months where where I was like, oh, ding, ding, ding. I need to teach this transformation I went through myself to other people. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is like, what is so what is the niche that you landed on? Well, it is law students, law grads and lawyers who are close to burnout and want to come back to to the balance like ditch the ditch the overwhelm that that really is uh, the mission um because that that is the person I was myself a couple of years ago and I'm just like oh I need to go out and tell everyone else how they can (laughs) do it so much faster and better than I did it myself because um no one deserves to be hurt this much from from the legal industry and their own inner mean girl um it's it's just not worth it and we just need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves and each other (laughs) I agree I could not agree more and I think that's just an amazing niche for you somewhere where you can make a huge impact so tell tell us all where people can find you if there are lawyers listening to this and want to find more balance in their life um, maybe want to integrate yoga practices to become better at their profession um, as you did 
tell us where they can find you and get in touch. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm mainly on Instagram. My handle is Manipura by Laura. Um, and then I have a podcast as well called the Hatha Yoga Podcast, where I I actually record the yoga classes that I teach here and there in Copenhagen in the studios I teach at and and meditations. Um, and then I release them on the podcast so people can practice yoga with the audio only. I'm very much in a learner through audio myself and I've practiced with yoga teachers only through audio of course you need a little bit of knowledge about like what's a sun salutation and what's a pitch and pose and these things but once you have that it's so nice to flow or be guided through a practice without having to look at a screen or looking at another person or being surrounded by people in a room so so that's what I mainly release on on the podcast but I've also started having interviews on there like the one we're doing today because it's just so interesting to hear about other people's journeys so yeah instagram and and podcast and then of course i have a, web, a website too amazing and i'll definitely link that in the show notes um so if anybody's listening and you're feeling this kind of burnout or have had a similar journey please get in touch with laura she is the sweetest soul and will definitely be able to guide <laughs> you to finding that balance and coming home to yourself so Thank you so much, Laura, for being here. As always, our conversations are always just, they light me up. They're so powerful and I could talk to you for hours. Yeah, let's continue chatting. This was awesome. And um, I can't wait to, yeah, get to know you even better and stay in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, everyone, that wraps up another episode of the Align Freedom Podcast. We will see you again next week for a new episode. Thanks.